Buckle up, friends, and welcome to the Thriving Alcohol-Free Podcast. I'm your host, Deb, otherwise known as Mocktail Mom, a retired wine drinker that finally got sick and tired of spinning on life's broken record called Detox to Retox. Let this podcast be an encouragement to you if alcohol is maybe a form of self-care for you, where you find yourself dragging through the day waiting to pour another glass. I am excited to share with you the fun of discovering new things to drink when you aren't drinking and the joy of waking up each day without a hangover. It is an honor to serve as your sober fun guide. So sit back and relax or keep doing whatever it is you're doing. This show is produced for you with love from the great state of Kentucky. Thanks so much for being here and big time cheers. Okay. Hey friends, it's Deb. Welcome back to Thriving Alcohol Free. I am out of my mind. So excited today because my guest has not just made a splash in the non-alcoholic space. She has come in cannonball style. It's been so much fun to watch you, Elizabeth. So excited to have Elizabeth from Absence of Proof is on the podcast today. So if you are not following her, please follow along Absence of Proof on Instagram and TikTok and all the places. Elizabeth, how are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. All the feeling is completely mutual. You are one of the first people that I follow in the space. And I was just so obsessed with all of your videos. And I love seeing all of your success. And I'm so excited to be here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I think it was like last summer going back to like when I first saw you. was it last summer. Okay, so you had this cute, which all of your videos are so cute. But like, I just remember this one, the one that like, I was like, Oh, my gosh, she is so cute. And you were like walking to this coffee shop. And you're like, I'm gonna do this non alcohol. I actually I think before that, I watched you doing maybe tasting in your apartment. Could that be that it was before? I think then? so. I like cringe when I watch those because I'm like, oh, the camera angle. No, <laughs> it's well, it's just so incredible to see where you've come. Okay, so if anybody is not following along, you've been written up in Forbes. Uh, let's see, ABC News did a special on you. You were on. You got to make drinks on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. I am a fa- uh, fan of the Housewives. You just had a huge event at the Met. So, okay, I want to hear everything. Tell me your story. Tell me how your drinking career was and how you got started in in starting Absence of Proof. Yeah, I mean, I think it starts very early on in my life. I was a rebellious teen. Um, you're a mom. So yes, very much. Um, yes, very much a mom. And, and and you're young. I mean, I could be your mom for not just your mocktail mom. I could be your real mom. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I um I started early, which parents don't love. I was a, a rebellious teen. I was going through a lot mentally, and I think I really turned to substances, alcohol, partying, things that I thought were cool to really just deal with the things that I really needed professional help to deal with. So just really started drinking young for several years in my teenage years. And I got to a point where I was getting ready to graduate high school and all of my friends were going to college. And not that I didn't want to go to college, but it just wasn't a priority. I was like, oh, why do we need to think about that? Like, I'm fine with this. I'm fine with the lifestyle I'm living. And when it was watching my friends take this next big step in their life and realizing that wasn't a reality for me, that's when I was like, okay, something needs to change. So it was really just this like come to Jesus moment of like, my life is going to look like this at 25 unless I change something. And I didn't know what to change, but I knew that drugs and alcohol were not helping. So I just said, I'm going to go to cold Turkey for a year and see what happens. And unsurprisingly, life completely transformed for the better. Um, That's when I started my first YouTube channel. I got my yoga certificate for teaching, got into the college that I wanted to go to. It was just this incredibly transformative year that I really credit to being sober. And so I was like, why would I stop after a year? And I was completely sober for three years up until my early 20s. Then I had really gotten to my, myself to a place that I thought I had quote unquote made it. Like I was working at my dream tech company. I had great relationships, all of these things. And I was like, I think that I can reintroduce alcohol in moderation. 
And I think I did relatively successfully until New York because New York is incredibly party centric and it's very normalized to drink every day in New York. So no one's going to call you on it. No one's going to be like, you have a problem because everyone's drinking every day. So it's fine. And I just remember looking at my boyfriend one day and I was like, I feel sick. Like I, my anxiety is the highest it's ever been. I'm depressed. And I like found myself back in that place of being 18 years old and being like, I know it has to go. Don't want to admit it, but I know it has to go. So like alcohol was gone. And then from there, I was like, well, now I have nothing to do in New York. So let me. Um, <laughs> what are we going to do if we're not drinking? I love it. Throw a party. Okay. So that's how it started was let's throw a party. I'm with you. Like, let's keep it fun, right? It's not boring not to drink. It does not have to be boring. It does not have to be this huge stigmatized thing. It does not have to be sober people versus people that drink alcohol. You know, I really believe in being as inclusive and not judgmental on whatever someone's alcohol journey looks like. So it really started absence of proof selfishly because I wanted something to do. And then other people turned out they wanted to do something to do too. So. Isn't that incredible? I feel the same way. Like I started sharing drinks on, on Instagram kind of, I don't want to say self, but like, yeah, like selfishly, I guess it was like, for me, it was an outlet for me. It was like, I wanted to share like the fun isn't over. There's still good things to drink, you know? And I love just like the inclusivity that you have. It's whether somebody wants to take a night off, a month off, a health challenge, a lifetime off, whatever it is. And I feel the same way, like no judgment, no judgment, do what works for you. Yeah. And for me, it's like, wasn't serving me anymore. Yeah. Okay. So now here you are. Did you ever expect that from that first event, like let's throw a party to let's throw out the first pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right? I just feel so overwhelmed with gratitude. Like, I just can't believe this is my life. Like, that's really what I think every single day that I wake up is like, I, I always wanted to start a business. And I really loved my tech job before, but that was not like what got me up in the morning. I was not like getting up, ready to seize the day, going to go sell some advertising. Like, that was not yeah. really... What I wanted, and when I started absence group, I was like, "This is the, this is it! Like, this is like, I'm so happy to work, which I had never been that happy to work before, and just the opportunities that that have really come. I just, I'm not an incredibly religious or spiritual person, but I'm just like, I don't know what I did to deserve this, but I'm so grateful to be here. Oh, isn't that amazing? That that gives me chills, Elizabeth, because really, I mean, like, God has a plan for your life. You're not an accident and how all these things are happening for you. It's so awesome. It's so awesome. Okay. So you started with that first party. How many people came? Oh God, I think like 200. It was way too many. Well, which is huge. That's huge. It was a mess. It was was a mess. Okay. So what were the things you learned that first night that you were like, oh my gosh, we're never doing that again, or I have to change this? Oh my gosh. I mean, literally everything. I look at that event and I'm like, I don't know how anyone ever came back. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I mean, people waited in line for so long for a drink. We had no organization. The recipes were subpar. It was just anything that could have been not great was. But I think what was so special about that time is people were just so grateful to have a space. Like it was a mess, but no one complained. And that was just like such a beautiful thing. I was like, Nowhere else you're going to get a group of people in a room at a party that are not complaining about like they'll drink wine being too long or too expensive. Like everyone was just hyped to be there. That's so awesome. That's yeah, it so was awesome. so much fun. So I like to think that we're a little bit more fine tuned now. But <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so now for your events that you have now, what are they like? So you you're in all different cities. You're all over, so you live in New York though, right? Yes, but I'm you based have pop up. You're based in New York, okay? And you have pop up events all over the country. Tell me about those. So as soon as I figured out like, okay, I think I'm onto something here. Like people really like this. I was like, okay, well, people probably want this all over. And we kept getting messages from folks in smaller cities or cities on the West Coast. And they were like, there's nothing like this here. Can you please bring this here? And in my head, I was like, no, I live in New York. 
And then I was like talking to a couple of my friends who are just like brilliant founders and have like such an ability to think bigger. And they were like, every company goes national, every company, like you can do it. You just have to hire people. And I was like, with what money? And like, it was always these things of like, but there's always these issues. And it was just like, okay, let's, let's check off one of these issues one at a time. And let's get to a place where we really can take this to a national and hopefully someday global scale. So it was just one city at a time. It was like, okay, let's find somebody I trust. Because that's the thing about events is it is so people-oriented. It is so detail-oriented. And there's so many opportunities for things to go wrong. So you can't just have somebody who's not passionate about it. You can't have somebody that you're hiring just for the night. It has to be somebody who's going to like ride or die for your event the same way that you would. It's all credit to all of the amazing part-time people that we have now who are like equally as passionate about bringing sober nightlife to places as I am. I love it. Sober nightlife. Yes. Sober nightlife. Waking up without a hangover, having a great time connecting with other people. Yes. Okay. And did I see on your Instagram that your grandma came to one of your events? <laughs> she did. Yeah. Aww. So uh, my family's from Michigan. So we launched Detroit, which has always been such a special place for me. I spend every summer there. And so like for me, I think the most fun part about like running a company is like, you can do whatever you want. Like you don't yeah. have to go to the, <laughs> that's you right. You don't have to, to ask to the, the boss. Just go look in the mirror, Elizabeth. Yep. Literally, I'm like, I was like, Oh, what cities make sense? I have to do all the data and research. And I was like, no, I want to go where my family is. Like, that's what I care about. That's what I want to do. And what's ironic about that is Detroit is now our most profitable and fastest growing city. Out of is all it cities. really grandma? Go grandma. <laughs> I know my grandma's telling all our friends, but that was, just, that was such a special day for me because like the really the only reason I do all this is to try to make my family proud. So it's just like really so special that she was was there. You are making them very, very, very proud. Um, Okay. So when you go out to a restaurant and there's not something on the menu, a non-alcoholic cocktail on the menu, is there like a favorite mocktail that you order? What do you, what do you like to ask for? Mm, Well, first I throw the menu down and I leave. You stomp out, you leave a bad review. (laughs) I'm like, how dare you? No, I mean, it's a great question. I think luckily in New York, I mean, places are really rapidly catching on and there's usually great, great options everywhere. But I would say normally I'll just ask for a mocktail and they'll do something with like passion fruit or something like that, which is like sweet and fine. It used to be when I first stopped drinking, it was like cranberry juice, something really basic. But yeah, I would say like whatever the bartender recommends is usually what I trust them with. I'm like, I'll trust the mixologist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so how have you seen, like for men and women your age, the younger generation, how are things changing with the in the alcohol space, the non-alcoholic space? Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's more people becoming sober, but I do think it's more people realizing that alcohol is not a necessary part of a night out. There's a lot of people who are like, yeah, I drink on Friday. I don't need to drink on Saturday. Or people are like, oh yeah, I haven't drank in four months. I just haven't really noticed. It's like, for me, it feels like less of a identifier and less of a I am sober I'm not it's just like this is just something I'm just choosing to do on a night or forever or whatever but let's not make it a thing and that's what I really appreciate I think the Gen Z and younger generations and you can probably chime in too like we have a very like you do you attitude which I love I'm just worried about myself the people I care about anyone else as long as you're not hurting anyone do what you want to do and I think that that applies to a lot of different areas of society for Gen Z including alcohol and drugs I love that. I love that. Yeah, because right, it's like what works for you is fine. Yes. Especially with alcohol, there's been this whole like you either have problems or you're, you know, you're not a drinker or you are. So it's like nice just to have that the freedom, authentic freedom, as I like to call it. Yeah, it really is. 
It shouldn't come as a surprise that I am a massive fan of Geeson's 0% wines, and I am so proud to have them as the exclusive non-alcoholic wine sponsor of the Thriving Alcohol-Free Podcast. If you're reducing your alcohol intake, Geeson's alcohol removed wines are a phenomenal alternative without sacrificing anything except maybe a hangover. Geeson's 0% wines are not grape juice in a wine bottle. There is some serious science that goes into every single bottle of their alcohol removed options. Their full strength wines go through advanced spinning cone technology where the alcohol is removed, but the wine maintains the aroma and the body to create a low calorie wine that never contains more than 0.5 ABV. Friends, I was not good at science, but the Giessen winemaker Duncan, he sure was. So I trust the magic of Giessen's alcohol removed deliciousness. Giessen comes from the Marlboro region of New Zealand, widely available in global markets. If I can get it here in Kentucky, you can probably find it where you are too. And don't worry if you've been saying it wrong. I said it wrong for the longest time. It's Giessen, spelled G-I-E-S-E-N. Sounds like the geese that maybe you see at the park. I hope you love it. All right. So you were just, you just had this huge event at the Mets. I feel like there's so many huge things I want to talk to you about. So many huge things that have happened last year. Do you want to just go through some of them? Would you like Absolutely. to list off some of the major things that have happened that you're just pinching yourself like, what on earth am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? Because it's so fun. You, I feel like you and I are like building the plane while we're flying it, right? Okay, so tell us some of the big things. I want to start with the Mets. Yeah, I mean, the Mets was truly like the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. I just am so incredibly like floored by that experience because it was the first time where I was like, this could be huge. Like, not like this is like my fun little passion project, but like places on this level of scale, like stadiums care about providing things. And it was like such a moment of being like starting in a coffee shop and now we're in a stadium. Like it was just like so crazy and so inspiring and so validating because you're on social media as well. And I'm sure you get some of the kind of comments that I get and it gets to you. Like I think... I had a really hard time and almost stopped absence several times in the first couple of months because of the amount of negativity and like hate that I was getting on the internet and people being like, this is so stupid and this will never work and all of these things. And being at City Field, I was like, no, it is working. And and it was like, okay, wait, this idea that I've had and like in in my, again, not to get cliche, but in my heart, I've always known that this is it. Like, I know that this is a good idea. I know this is going to work. And that's been unwavering. But then when you have so much criticism coming at you, you start to kind of be like, am I crazy? Like, but then bringing it to City Field, I was like, no, like stadiums care. And that's really cool. And I couldn't have asked for to work with a better team. I mean, they were so supportive. They pulled out every single stop that they didn't have to at all. I mean, again, we're still a startup. I didn't have resources. I'm not Coca-Cola. And they really was just like, we're going to do this right. So. Wow. Okay, so when people came, they got ticks to the game, they got non-alcoholic drinks, and they were sitting were sitting in suites or where was where where were people sitting? Yeah, so we actually built out like this kind of like 4,000 square foot area of this food court where we had like a non-alcoholic pop-up lounge is how we described it. So we had 360 photo booths, Mr. and Mrs. Met, DJ, non-alcoholic bar, Dunkin' Donuts had a booth, unlimited food. Like we really wanted it to be like a beer garden, but for non-alc. So then you could come there, get your drinks and then go watch the game and everyone got to sit together. And then all the profits went to charity, which is like the icing on the cake because it went to support recovery efforts in Queens, which is where City Field is located. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, to be able to give back with such a phenomenal event. And like you, like it's so validating for all the work that you have put in to see a stadium hosting this event. Absolutely incredible. It was really, really, really cool because yeah, it's like, and, and you know, like it's, um, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that social media doesn't see. And so 
it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, things are going so well. And it's like, yeah, but I just spent the last week having mental breakdown. <laughs> so oh, like, oh, there's yes, all, all of that. Yes. And it's just, you don't see that. And so being able to have big wins is what keeps me going, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And I think to take time to celebrate those wins, because you are going so fast, your company is growing so fast, but to really take time to take it in and to give yourself a little bit of space to really pat yourself on the back for all that you've done, not just in your own life, Elizabeth, but for so many people that you are encouraging through social media. So for all the haters, knock it off. Enough is enough. We don't need you here. Keep scrolling if you have something nasty to say, right? Like, why? Why do they even stop? I know. That's my thing. It's like... Just don't say anything. Keep scrolling. Just keep scrolling. Do you have nothing else to do? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite is when they comment, blocking you <laughs> like <laughs> like really okay, okay. all right coward 1-800 coward <laughs> I know I just yeah. it, it really blows my mind and I had not been exposed to it at this level it's kind of like I don't know I was listening to do you know Gary V okay not just do I know Gary V he is the reason I started mocktail mom that's amazing oh yeah I'm obsessed with him like, I love him he's, he's, my, he's my Instagram boyfriend my husband's like, are you listening to your boyfriend again? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's no. the only man I will allow to curse at me all day long, <laughs> all know. day long. He could drop the F-bomb. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Yes, I know Gary B. Go ahead. But it was something about, he, he talks a lot about like social media and all of that. And this idea, Brene Brown talks about this too, of like, if you're not in the arena, you don't get an opinion. And that's just how I've had to look at social media. I'm like, are you building a startup? And if you're not, then you don't get to comment on somebody else building a startup. Are you being a presence on social media? If not, I don't care about your opinion on my social media. It's like, you have to look at who you're taking feedback from. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he does talk about too, like the good and the bad, right? Because it can get in our head, the good, you know, like all the hype or whatever. And it's like, we have to just stay in a place of being grounded and centered and not hear too much of either, I think. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I just read a really fascinating book called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Would definitely recommend it. And that's the whole thesis of his book is don't get too convinced of the good either. Like you are not this all powerful thing. And I think that when you start to get attention, it's easier to be like, I did this or whatever. But like, this is something that I work with my team on a lot is like, this sounds so sad, but it's like, I'm not special. Anyone can do this. It's not like I am like, I don't know, this person that was put on earth and I'm the only person that can do this. It's like, no, I'm not, I'm not special. And like, you have to continue to treat people like they are your equals because they are. And like, no matter what type of success you get, you will always be everyone's equal. And like, I just, I feel like I've observed that happen with a lot of people that I know. And it's kind of sad because it's like, I don't know, you're not special sounds depressing, but that's what I tell myself all the time. No, but I agree with you. Right. It's like, yes, other people have done startups and, you know, hard things too. At the same time, yes, we are unique and special and there's only one you, right? So yes, there's that, but there's also like, can't let it get in your head. Like the success and start treating people badly. Like, why? (laughs) Yeah, my dad used to say, like, you're going to see the same people going down the ladder that you saw going up. So treat people right. I love that. You'll never go wrong. You'll never go wrong. Yeah, totally. Okay, so other things. You've been written up in Forbes. You've been written up in Fast Company. Add Creative 100. Tell us about those things. What was that like? Some more successes that we want to celebrate with you. It's so funny. So when I moved to New York, I don't know if you believe in manifestation or vision boards or any of those things, but that's something that is a huge practice for me. And when I moved to New York, I, again, was working at a tech company or whatever. And I remember the Forbes 30 under 30 list coming out. And I was like, I want this. And I don't know, it wasn't even like I wanted the recognition, but I was like, I want to do something that's worthy of like someone really giving a crap about what I'm doing. 
And with absence of proof, like I never set out to get media attention from it. And that's where like, I get a lot of DMs, like, how do you get press? And I'm like, build something that press want to write about. Because I have paid for zero of my press. I have never paid for a PR person. Not that I don't believe in that. I think it's very helpful for brands, particularly CPG products, but like build something that people want to write about and then people will write about it. And everything that has come from either friends or people on social media. I will say the other thing though, is like, you got to be loud about what you're doing. Like a lot of people when they start something are like, I want it to be a secret. I'm embarrassed until it gets successful. I don't want to be on social media. It's like, no, the way it gets successful is you like screaming to the top of the mountains. This is what I'm doing. Pay attention to it. And that's why I was like so active on social media. And a lot of my early press came from that. And then the Adweek Creative 100, actually funny story about that. I didn't know I got that. There was an email that got sent to me and she was like, hi, will you be joining us in Cannes, France? And I literally... <laughs> You're like, what? And what kind of spam is this? No, I'm not going to Cannes. I'm in Detroit with my grandma. <laughs> no, I literally thought it was... I thought it was spam, but it was from Adweek. And my previous career was selling ads. So Adweek is like a huge deal to me. Like I used to read Adweek. And I was like, if there's any chance that this is real, I'm going to reply. So I was like, hi, just wanted to clarify, like, am I on the list? Do I know somebody on the list? And they're like, oh my God, yeah. And then they forwarded me an email that went to my spam like a month before letting me know that I won. No, no. Yeah. It was in your spam for a it month. in my spam that I had. <laughs> oh my gosh, Elizabeth. I know. It was like terrifying. And the timing was perfect though, because I still had, you have to like write, do this write up and interview and all this stuff. And if I wouldn't have gotten that second email, I wouldn't have done it. And then I just like wouldn't have been in it. <laughs> I mean, so, like, they have like a cartoon character for you. Like literally. there's no write up. There's no photo, nothing. It's just like we're just, just putting in a, a place or a place picture. Yeah. But that one was really special because Adweek is a big deal to me. That's huge. Yeah. Okay. So did cans already happen? Or are you going? Oh, I didn't go. No, I couldn't afford it. But okay. <laughs> was, next year, you're like, I was put like, me on the list. Startup. Put me on the list. You're like, unless somebody's sponsoring me going, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. Yeah, I know. I looked at the flights and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't know who you think you are. But <laughs> and then I don't have anything to wear. I'm good. I'm fine. What are you most excited about right now for the future of, I guess, just personally and for, I know absence of proof, it, it is so personal. So it's not just personally because I feel the same way. Like it's like, it's your baby. It's yeah. my baby. It's my third baby. Yeah. It's yeah. so hard. And I would love your perspective on this too. Um, it's really hard to t- detach. And that's something that I, I know that I need to do because if I get an email that is even a little bit, not what I want to hear, I mean, it's my entire day. Like even if it's a Saturday and I plan to my boyfriend, I'm like, sorry, like I got to deal with this. That's not fair to him. That's not fair to my friends or other people that I make commitments to. But I do feel protective of absence of proof in a way that I would think it's like a child where it's like, you don't come for my baby. Or like, if you do, it's like, I will do everything I can to fix the problem immediately. And so setting healthy boundaries with something that you did create is very difficult and something that I'm actively working on. So that's something one of my like intentions for the next month is slowing down just in a personal like slow living is something that I'm really trying to incorporate. I'm like on slow living TikTok. It's a beautiful place to be. If you, if you want me to send these never videos. heard of it. Oh, I'm yeah. No, it's great. It's just like okay. people in cottages being like, today, I woke up and checked on the chickens and had some coffee and like, just really enjoying like you mentioned earlier, like this moment and not so focused on the future or so focused on the past. So yeah, personally, I'm just excited for that. I'm doing a no spend challenge where I don't spend any money on anything that's not absolutely necessary to my life, meaning food, for the exact intention of like, I don't want to be focused on the more or the consumption or whatever. Like, I just want to get still with myself. And then for absence, I mean, it's so much that I'm so excited about. And I think that we're catching a lot of momentum on. We are launching our first ever restaurant menu tonight. 
which I'm so excited about. And that was always something that I kind of had in the back of my mind. Like, I feel like we could do menus for people. But frankly, I didn't have the confidence to think that what my cocktails were worthy of a menu. And so that's really exciting. And I think that to not spoil too much, there's going to be several other types of things that are coming out with more of the B2B side of things and less direct to consumer. Yeah. And then we've got like a whole schedule of states that are we rolling out that I'm so excited about bringing this everywhere, continuing to hire, trying to make some money, you know, all the things. Yeah. Yeah. All of it. What you were saying about like having that balance, because yes, it is your baby. And when the baby's in the crib crying, you cannot ignore your baby. But at the same time, like you have other children, I don't mean like your boyfriend's child, but you know what I mean? Like yeah, you have no, other, totally. yeah. other things in your life. So it's like, how do you have that balance? And having our business in our hand all the time with our phone, you know, it's not like you just like, oh, let me go log in and see what's happening. Like it's pinging, it's constant, you know, and it's like gunfire constantly getting hit with different things, good things and bad things. Totally. Yeah. I have gotten really into, I I have all my notifications on my phone muted. So like if someone messages me on Instagram, it waits. Yeah. Same, same. Even my emails now, like I don't even like, if I look at my phone, I used to have like the number would show up, like it'd be like, oh, 16 or whatever new emails. And I'm like, I don't, my husband did magic and took that away. So now I don't see that. And it just helps me, you know, not to go click on it right away. Oh, it's some ad that I don't need to see right now. (laughs) Why did I even, you know what I mean? It's just taking your brain away from the moment. Yeah. I would say too, I've thought about this a lot recently is like muting people on social media that are not helpful to consume. I think that people don't talk about that a lot. And like social media is great. We both run business on social media. It's also incredibly toxic. And it can even be toxic when you are following people that you like. I've had to get so intentional about what I consume. So yeah. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it's so good to say that, that it's like, it's okay. It's okay that if it, my sister and I were just talking about this, like, I was like, why is it sometimes like on TikTok, it's people I don't even know. So it doesn't like affect me. But then other times I'll be scrolling, whether it's on Facebook or whatever. And it's like, it feels like it brings me down. Like, why is it bringing me down? Why? Why is this bringing me, I want to have things in my life that give me joy. So yes take the action to mute people. It doesn't mean you have to unfollow or unfriend or whatever. It's just like, it's just not good for my mind. Nothing against that person or anything. It's just not good for my mind. See it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Miss Elizabeth, any advice, last bit of advice that you would have for somebody who's maybe sober curious or thinking about taking a break, like, you know, like take a year off like you did to get started or any advice that you would have for them? I am a huge proponent of taking months off or years off, you know, instead of this big daunting, I'm going to be sober for the rest of my life that can feel very overwhelming. It's like, one day at a time, uh, set a small what feels achievable goal to you. And then instead of just I always tell people it's like, instead of just removing alcohol and being like, I'm so bored now, think about something that you've always wanted to do that's been on the back burner that you just simply haven't had time to do. And then fill the time that you used to drink with that and be very intentional about that. Like, every Friday night used to go out every Saturday morning used to be hungover. What have I wanted to do? For me, it was starting a company. Now I actually have time to do that. For other people, it could be, I want to learn to cook. I want to incorporate yoga into a daily routine. Like there's so many things that everyone talks about doing and we just don't have the time, but eliminating alcohol gives you, I mean, hours and hours and hours of your week back. It gives you, because your life back gives you hours of your week back. Yeah, totally, totally. That is fantastic advice. That is awesome. Okay, have the best time tonight. Thank you. Have the best time. I cannot wait to see the the menu and see everything that you're doing. I love following you on social media. You always give me energy and encouragement. And really, I just am cheering you on from minute one when I saw you and continue all your success. Elizabeth, really so, so happy for you. So thank you so much for being my guest today. Oh, such an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Big time cheers to you for tuning in to the Thriving Alcohol-Free Podcast. 
I hope you will take something from today's episode and make one small change that will help you to thrive and have fun in life without alcohol. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social, send up a flare, or leave a rating and a review. I am cheering for you as you discover the world of non-alcoholic drinks and as you journey towards authentic freedom. See you in the next episode.